This edition of Pet Talk on WTIC is sponsored by Companions and Homemakers. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Doctors Andrea Dennis and Eva Saranovich take your pet health questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC. That's 1-800-966-WTIC. Or star WTIC from your cell phone if you're with AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Well, it is an absolutely lovely afternoon, and thank you for being with us. You're listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis. I'm Dr. Eva Saranovich. <laughs> yes. It's a little too pretty outside. That's all I'm going to say. Dr. Eva Saranovich is in the house. Just a little bit behind her cue. Just a second. Half second. Um, but we are very happy to be with us. Be for you to be with us. It's an absolutely beautiful weekend, and so many things come to mind about how we keep our pets safe. And we're going to go over a couple of those things, uh, things to watch out for this time of year, especially with it being Easter weekend. But as you know, this is a show to talk about anything that has to do, especially medically, with your pets. If there are many times people have called where there is an issue that they're really dealing with and want to make sure they're doing the right thing, whether it's someone living with one of their pets has kidney failure or diabetes or so many different things. And we are, that's what we're here, just to talk about it, just to make sure that you, we can guide you, sometimes even asking for some other tests that may be very, very helpful to make sure that you are the best advocate, the best caretaker for your uh, four-legged family members. So how have you been? You've been okay? I've been good. It's The weather's beautiful. I mean, yeah. you just can't. It's so pretty. We're back. We're mm-hmm. back to understanding that um, we do have wonderful um, green grass mm-hmm. and flowers here in the Northeast. Sunshine. <laughs> it, that was the thing. I don't mind the cold so much if, it, if we can at least see the sun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the moonlight, the full moons were gorgeous too this exactly. winter. Exactly, so. exactly. So, again, you can give us a call. We're, one of the things that we're going to have a little bit of an extended show today, we're actually going to go to about 3.20, and that's uh, we're going to lead you right up to the Red Sox playing um, Tampa Rays, I believe, that, at Fenway. So uh, 3.20, we'll have baseball right after Pet Talk, so we're going to have a little extended hour. And we would love for you to join us by calling at 860-522-9842, 1-800-966-9842. So keep us company. Give us a call. We, um, in preparation for this lovely Easter weekend, we've asked uh, Stephanie Lutz to join us today. Stephanie uh, with uh, is a uh, veterinary technician at the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. She's actually been on the, a guest on this show before. Um, in studio, but she's got a busy schedule, but she agreed to come on for a few minutes and talk to us. How are you, Stephanie? I'm good. How are you? We're doing great. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're ready to go for a hike and be with your dogs, but you've been on a show actually talking. um, It was a great show. We got a lot, great response talking about rabbits and the proper care for rabbits. And we know that, you know, it is Easter Mm -hmm. and bunny season and can you just sort of give us some things to be aware of and to be careful of and whether you recommend someone buy a bunny this time of year? Yeah, so I recommend if you want to get a bunny for Easter to do a lot of research because it's a seven-year commitment um, and they need to be part of your life just like a cat or dog is. They're very social animals. So you want to make sure you do enough research. 
Um, another thing to watch out for is to make sure that the rabbit actually is, if you're getting a baby, that it's eight weeks of age. Okay. Because a lot of people like to give um, the baby bunnies out a little too early, and they really need to be with their mom for at least eight weeks. Okay. Because um, they can have a lot of problems on that. But if you, I try to be weary of getting a pet for Easter because sometimes it's a little bit of a rush with the bunnies. Right. But if you do your research on it and you make sure that you know you're going to keep your bunny and you're ready for that commitment, then go ahead and do it. But just make sure you get all your research done, you get the right cage, make sure you know the right food you're going to feed and the right vegetables and fruits for treats that you can actually give them. Well, even the right breed. I mean, isn't that something to consider, too, when you're getting a a rabbit? I mean, a a bunny, they're not all alike, right? Yes, there are 49 breeds of rabbits, and they're all different. They range from 2 to about 20 pounds. Wow. Okay, and some are long-haired, right, and short-haired, too? some are long-haired and short-haired. You want to make sure if you're going to get a pet bunny, uh, be careful if you want. uh, You want to get short-haired, I recommend, for a first bunny, because long-haired bunny... Some need to be blown out even daily, not just brushed. You Mm -hmm. need to have a blower for them. Um, And then, again, we we talked about about this, that some some bunnies are, people keep them indoors and others, they're they're outdoors. And so even that goes into the research that you're talking about, how you can keep them from the elements if they're going to be outdoor bunnies, meaning that's where they're they're caged, um, versus can you have a bunny that's inside all the time? Yes. You can. Um, they're actually really easy to litter box train. Mm-hmm. So it's um, very simple, and you just get the right cage. I recommend having a cage for them, even if you're going to let them roam the house. Um, and if you do let them roam the house, you kind of have to baby-proof the house. You want to make sure all wires are put away or covered. Mm-hmm. Um, they will chew on wood molding, so you want to make sure you have enough toys out for them to deter them to do that. Uh, and also, if you have a cage for them, get their own personal space. If their litter box is in their cage and their food and water is in their cage, they have their own safe space that they can go to if they feel frightened or insecure about something. So if you're going to have them loose throughout the house, at least have a cage for them as well. I think also some people some people almost think that a rabbit's a good first pet for a child to take care of before we get the cat or the dog. And, and I think, and can you comment then about the amount of care and things that are involved? Yeah, it, it's a lot of work. I would put it right up there with a cat or a dog. Right, right. Because um, they need to be fed at least, I try to do it once a day or twice a day, um, but the right amount. I give hay in the morning and food at night. Uh, they need a lot of love and affection um, for them to be sweet animals. They can be amazing pets. You can train them to do tricks even. Um, so mm. you want to give them that attention. If you have a litter box, you're going to want to clean that daily so they continue to use it properly um, because they're very neat animals and they like to go in one spot. But if it starts to get dirty, they'll find another spot to go to the bathroom in. Um, So they're a lot of work. I would say I play with my rabbit at least a half hour a day at the minimum. Wow. And then what you were describing about keeping litter boxes clean, we talk about that quite a bit on the on the air here on Pet Talk with, with cats. Um, you know, it's it's our, you know, lack of, um, I guess, specialization with, with rabbits. So we don't talk about rabbits. Is, that's why we love having you on the show, because, again, it's it's another um, species that can be um, really a, a nice part of the family. But we're here to try to make sure people do things the correct way. And do you, and do you want to comment on some of those other Easter, other Easter sales? 
chicks. Chicks? Chicks are big, baby oh. chickens. Oh, C-H-I-C-K-S, chicks. Yes. Okay, I thought you were saying ticks. <laughs> no, baby chickens. Those uh. are really popular Easter gifts as well. Um, and those are another big commitment because chickens take about six months to be full age, mm-hmm. um, full grown, and at six months of age they start laying. Uh, but they're small and cute at first, and basically there's very little so you don't realize how big they'll grow up. Right. But a full-grown chicken needs about two square feet per bird per coop. Okay. Um, and in that coop, you want to have an outdoor run attached to it as well. So they them. can exercise and they can stay within the, get some exercise, and, but yet be enclosed. They, chickens can't yes. really be loose, can they, or without going into the street? Well, I guess, I think I have some chickens in my neighborhood. I, I hear some noises sometimes. They can be loose, um, but I only recommend having them loose in the yard if you're going to be home and outside with them mm-hmm. because there are predators that are out even during the day that will come out, um, and that's something you want to be aware of to make sure their enclosure is nice and tight um, as well because hawks are out all day long, and um, you got foxes and raccoons at night that go and dust. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like their chickens. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Same, same thing with our outdoor rabbit pens. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the rabbit pens. You want to make sure that they're nice and secure. And I recommend if you're going to have a rabbit, put the cage by the house if it's going to be outside. Right. Because you want it close to you. Um, and if you hear any noises, you want to be able to hear that. And just make sure it's nice and secure with the right um, thickness of wire and the right that you're using as well. Okay. Um, I, before we let you go so you can, you know, take care of your, your other pets in your house and get them some exercise this afternoon, just one sort of one last recommendation. I mean, we often um, talk to people where they a good place to find a, a dog or a cat. What, what would you recommend that people, where should they begin for, for rabbits? Because we're telling them, don't buy it this weekend just to have it for tomorrow. But if they're really thinking about a bunny, what, where would you go online? Uh, is there places you can go in person? I would recommend um, going to get it from a breeder. Um, okay. And there's a few ways that you can find a breeder. Mm-hmm. Um, one is researching online. Another is you can go to the ARBA.net. That's the ARBA's website. So that's the American Breeders Association. Um, and they will have um, all lists of all different breeders um, from all different areas of the country on there. So you can find the right breeder. Okay. Um, another one, you can also go on that website and find a rabbit show. Um, okay. Rabbit shows are open to the public. And then you can so, see the breeders in person and actually see some of their bunnies. Yes. Okay. And you, can actually, you can see the breeds that are represented there and Great. find a breed you like. What yeah. we'll probably do is if we can put it in our wet, we'll put it on the Bloomfield Animal Hospital CT.com. I think the other thing to know is for those rabbits that were given up as soon as they realized how much work they are, places like the Humane Society and other rescue shelters have, have rabbits as well if someone doesn't need a baby. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I definitely recommend going to there as well because they have a lot of bunnies they get, um, especially in about a month and a half, they're going to be packed with bunnies. All right. Um, unfortunately, from this holiday. Okay. Um, so I definitely recommend calling them. Um, and finding out what they have available. This has been excellent advice. Thank you so much for spending some of your time, Stephanie, and really have a, have a great Easter. Oh, thank you. You guys as well. All thank right. you. Bye-bye.
Bye. All right. That means it's time for a break. And we're going to go ahead and um, take a, a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk to Arlene. You, you hang in there, Arlene. But you're listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. That's peppy. It is peppy. <laughs> and it's, it's appropriate. <laughs> well, if you remember the movie Hop, did you ever see that one? I did not. Okay. Hop is all about a bunny, and this was the, the main song that was associated with And it was a cute little show. Of course, they had animation, and we're all about seeing every <laughs> single animated movie that there is. Welcome back to Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis, along with Dr. Eva Saranovich, and we are here um, answering your questions about your pets today. We're actually having a bit of an extended, um, we're, well, it's actually an hour and 20 minutes that we're going to be on the air with you, so we really do have a little extra time to answer a couple extra calls, uh, than you, more so than usual, so we do welcome you. You're probably busy. It's nice to be outside working in the garden, um, but we have lots of good hints and ways to keep your pets healthy, so feel free to join us. And as promised, uh, Arlene, we wanted to talk to you because... She's got some, when you start talking about cats, sometimes it can get a little tricky. How are you, Arlene? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for answering my call. I have a a kitty cat. Uh, Right now, he'll be nine in August. Well, I got him, of course, as a baby. And uh, it just seems like he has a very sensitive stomach. I feed him the IMs for sensitive stomachs. Mm -hmm. But he likes he likes some wet food. Okay. Uh, and he'll cry for it in the morning. And I tried to cut down on with getting Sheba, where you break it in half, and I just give him half. He seemed to be doing pretty good, but he still every so often would throw up. Now, I asked this gal who runs a pet store, and she thought maybe it was hairballs. Well, I think you know, cat, the cats can be very sensitive, and sometimes it's a matter of they're sensitive to different ingredients in the food. They develop some sensitivities to things that are commonly in the food. So, you know, some cats that have eaten a lot of fish in their lives can't eat, they get a sensitivity to it. So sometimes it's finding things that are limited ingredients. Then there's other things that can be common in cats, like inflammatory. Cats can vomit for many reasons. Let's, mm-hmm. let's start right there. Is he losing yeah. any weight or anything like that? No, no, no. It's, it's, no, he and- doesn't lose. Everything right. in the litter box is, is normal? In the litter box, I feel he might have diarrhea. All right. Okay. Yeah, so, so the, you it. know, we're, more, we're likely more than just a hairball at right. this point, and I think a couple things should happen. Um, if he hasn't had his checkup recently, I would do it. Mm-hmm. He is nine years old. If you haven't run blood work recently, this is the time to make sure, you know, where are, do our kidneys stand? Where does our thyroid stand? All that kind of stuff can contribute because it seems like everything affects a cat's GI tract. I mean, that's just the yeah. way they are. Um, yeah. And and then and then talking to your veterinarian about things like if the blood work is all good, inflammatory bowel disease is very common, and there's medications for that that can help. There's an and there's many different specialized diets to address. You know, it, does fiber help him? Does a limited ingredient di- diet help him? So there's many ways to go. But I think if you're noticing that he has diarrhea a lot and now he can't 
you know, he should be able to have the canned food. But if we're getting to a point where, boy, this gives him an upset stomach, it's it's time to look a little further, especially when we're talking about a nine year old kitty, which, you know, he's kind of he's not old. He's a senior. He's yeah, yeah he's, right, right. He's right. a senior now. You know, so those are the things to think about. But I think this is all worth a chuck up. And we see this all the time, Arlene. Um, we, this he is a. Com- to, he seems to sleep more than he used to. It, it, which is common at his age. I mean, it, it's common, but you never want to just. You never want to just chalk something up to. Oh, it's his age, and that's why it's happening. Right. And that's why, if you get a good workup on him, and you know, roll some things out. What? How can we play with his diet to see if we can help him? You'll be you'll you'll feel so much better, and we can and there's things we can correct. Yes, even and something. The other, uh, the other thing he does, he likes to play, but when he plays, he wants to bite. Well, that, that's yeah. That's there are cats that that is a very common thing to do. So you have to be when you're playing, you have to keep your hands out of the way. You use a lot of toys. You roll yeah. the you roll yeah. the toys away from you if he likes to attack you at certain times. There's some cats that yeah, for whatever reason you get out of the oh, shower. I feel bad because. I have grandchildren, you know, and they like to play with him. And, of course, he's just playing. But, I mean, matter of fact, my little girl came over yesterday to bring me flowers. And she says, he bit me, Grandma, the last time. Yeah. And I said, I know what you have to be careful when you play with him. He seems to want to bite. Well, I think, the uh, and that can be serious sometimes. I mean, it, with oh, all kids, you know, I've, the we've, both Dr. Mm-hmm. Saranovich and myself have worked with Cows, horses, the only thing that ever put me in the hospital mm-hmm. was a cat bite right in the tip of my finger. And we are with these, you know, with these pets all the time. So, you know, cat bites, um, I, it, this is partly behavioral. And sometimes, especially with younger people, it's probably best what we call just to be in an avoidance situation. With cats, sometimes you can pet them one or two times and then that's it. They don't want any more. Mm-hmm. And you have right, to listen right. to that dynamic. Yeah, he, loves, he loves to sit beside you, but not on your lap. Right. So that's, this is him. And I think he's trying to, we have to sort of respect how much touching and loving it may always be on his terms. When he comes up to them, maybe just pet them, never pick him up. If he's not a cat that really likes to be picked up, then let's not no, do it. No, he doesn't. No. And, and kind of just wa- and learning the signs of when, yeah. when the, you know, they're, you're petting them and the tail starts to twitch and the ears go back a little bit, then you, you know, there's things that you know when it's going to happen. And the best thing to do is the minute you get the feeling, then you got to walk away. Space. Yeah, give him his yeah. space because that, that's just who he, that's his personality. Right. And yes. right. And most cats are like that. I think it's the mm-hmm. rare cat. We have three orange cats that are in our hospital right now and you can pick them all up and put them on their backs, but they're just they just have this mm-hmm. laid back personality. Um but that's a little bit unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, thank you so much for your info. I appreciate you. Have a nice Easter. You, you too, Arlene. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, we see, you know, it's amazing how much um, intestinal disease mm-hmm. with, with cats. I mean, every time we go to a meeting, there's always a, a topic. There's always a lecture on the vomiting cat, the cat with loose stool. I know, over like every, <laughs> just about every conference you go to. So it, that's how, pr- I mean, I don't think a day goes by where you don't have the conversation. No, and there, and we, and it's not that, and you said it perfectly, cats are not supposed to vomit. No. There is something wrong. And right. hairballs, it's rare that it's hairballs. Right. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to go to news in a, in a couple minutes, but those of you that have been absolutely glued to here to the internet know a little bit about April the giraffe. This is the giraffe that they actually had camera on twenty four hours a day, mm-hmm. look waiting for her to have her baby calf. And I guess it happened this morning. I was working, but I 
I didn't see it. I heard about it after the so fact. So the reports are that there is absolutely. Uh, I saw. A, I saw a picture of it. Oh, the baby. The baby. Yes. The calf. Oh my gosh. So calves. Um, just so you know. So I'm sure you can go online and sort of. See the picture, mm-hmm. like Dr. Saranovich. But a couple of interesting facts is that um, they, they're normally just almost like a foal when they're born. They're about 100 to 150 pounds, about six feet tall at birth. Crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine six Crazy. feet tall? And the gestation period usually is 13 to 15 months. I, I understand hers was about 16 months. About 16, yeah. Um, so a little bit over. Um, but again, one and a half million people actually, that's what's reported, were actually watching the live birth. And I believe I read that within an hour, they're up and walking. Yes. That's crazy. You haven't recovered from giving birth and your child is walking. <laughs> no time for a nap. Exactly. <laughs> what the female species can do. It's absolutely amazing. Well, we're going to be back and shortly. We're going to take news break, but then come on back and call in because we'd love to talk to you here on WTIC News Talk 1080. Hello, we're back. We are. <laughs> Just getting to the music. It's very, very, uh, love that. Mm-hmm. The Luther. All right, you're listening to Pet Talk. Um, I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis, along with Dr. Eva Saranovich. We are from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And on Saturdays, we alternate uh, speaking with you, answering your calls with Lori Fass, who is the um, dog and cat trainer, and she'll answer a lot of your training questions. There is going to be a uh, pretty steady, repetitive uh, cycle of uh, pet talk shows because we will be working pretty much this time of year. We work around the Red Sox schedule. That is why we're going to be having a bit of an extended um, time here. We're going to go to 320 today. So please, this is the time to call now. This is the perfect time. Call in. Ask your questions at 860-522-9842 or 1-800-966-9842. Because we'd be happy to talk to you on on this uh, lovely, lovely weekend. Mm. It's Easter weekend. It is. So we always run into problems this holiday. Mm-hmm. There's too many temptations out there. And too many things that are just not right for animals. No, they're, they're, it's dangerous and we have, we're usually around friends and family. And then that's when our sort of our pets will... Go off and, and get into into problems. We've got you know things are very spring like and pretty colors and candy, candy, candy. And mm-hmm. one of the most common candies is chocolate. And chocolate we have mentioned over again, whether just about every holiday that comes up, that it contains a chemical called theobromine and which is as and caffeine. And both of these elements are very very dangerous and toxic to dogs. Cats can be affected, but they generally don't gravitate towards those sweet right. foods. Now, we we know that dark chocolate, baker's chocolate, is worse in terms of how much one needs to eat. You need very little to make a dog sick mm-hmm. and make it very toxic to um, milk chocolate. That's the other one. But all if we can get them to avoid, put your chocolate away. And keep in mind when guests come over and they leave bags around or things and, or you're hiding Easter, those plastic Easter eggs with things in them, keep, just keep in mind where they are and where, if your animal can get to them. 
The other issue is Easter basket fillers. Mm-hmm. Um, things like plastic grass, plastic eggs, foil wrappings, Easter toys, anything that an animal can decide they're going to chew on or eat. And I think the grasses, those plastic grasses are a huge problem for cats because they yeah. love stringy things. Right. And they're plastic and they make a crunchy noise. And, you know, I think if you can use stuff like... Um, you can also get shredded paper for the baskets. It's just so much safer. Mm-hmm. Um, if they ingest one of these items uh, and it doesn't decide it wants to pass, you may see vomiting, you may see diarrhea, or if they start to cause an obstruction, the animal will become lethargic. They will vomit everything they eat. They'll stop eating. You'll have a lack of stool. So if that starts happening for animals acting like that and you know this stuff's been around, then you really want to get your animal examined. And when we talk about obstructions, we're talking about there is a complete blockage. Right. Nothing can pass in the intestines and your pets will die if they have an obstruction that is not attended to. So that's why it's important. You know, my cat, I don't know where he got it. Um, No one revealed where my cat got it, but she was eating on like chewing. I could hear crunching and Mm. it was like an eight inch strip of plastic. Mm. It looks like it came from around like a... Probably a hummus container or something like that. Mm, I think you have your theories then of who <laughs> who provided the hummus container to the I house. Because I don't eat hummus. <laughs> but she was chewing on it. And sometimes you're tempted like, oh, they're chewing on it. I you know, got up from my little oh, yeah. easy chair and took it away from her because I did not want her to, yeah. to get into trouble. And cats will get into as much as dogs many times. And cats can... It's amazing how much they can swallow or what length of string they can swallow or ribbon or, you know, or the size of the plastic toy or ball that goes down at their stomach. So you really got to be careful. Also, eggs. Everyone is sort of um, taking care of eggs right now. They're um, hard boiling them, preferably to even go ahead and uh, color them. Um, mm-hmm. Are you coloring eggs this year? Well, we did color eggs this year. This oh, year, did. I was not involved personally, okay. but eggs were colored at my house. Okay, and as we know, they should not be raw eggs, mm-hmm. and we don't want to f- have raw eggs around because we don't want to feed those to our pets. I, um, the, our main concern, just like it is in people, is salmonella. Right. Just like some of the um, raw diets, sometimes you have to be very careful that salmonella um, is not in the eggs, and you don't. That's why it's always best to wash your eggs first, hard boil, make sure they're hard boiled. Because people, you know, eggs are not a bad thing to feed your right. your your pets, right? Especially dogs. So they tend to do well with an egg here and there. But please make sure that it's it's cooked and it's um, hard. And the other thing, interestingly enough, a lot of people add an egg saying it's going to help their coat, and they'll crack a raw egg over. <gasps> yes, which for the whole salmonella aspect that kind of bothers me, but. Uh, apparently, if you consume large amounts of raw egg white, mm-hmm. it actually makes your skin dry and and causes skin lesions because it is absorbing biotin. So interestingly enough, when you think you're doing something good with that egg, it's not your best choice. Very good. That was a good little tidbit. Um, then the other thing, too, we were, after when we were talking about eggs, which going back to the sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. Is, is xylitol. Yeah. Xylitol is an artificial sweetener. It is contained in sugar-free candies, sugar-free peanut butters, sugar-free baked goods, gum. It's also in some toothpaste. It's in a number of things uh, and some vitamins. The problem with xylitol, while it's perfectly safe for people, dogs cannot digest it properly and they can be, end up with liver failure. It's a, it's a really um, extreme drop in blood sugar. Right. Animals die from this very easily. So yeah, you got to keep the stuff out of the way. You got to keep those baked goods out of the way, and always remember the pocketbook with the gum sitting in it. Mm-hmm. The um, 
we know so many dogs that will go in guests' pocketbooks and they have gum with xylitol and then those dogs are in trouble. Right. So no, don't put your, your pocketbook on, on the floor. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes even medicine and things like that. That's mm-hmm. just to, if you're an animal lover, put your pocketbook someplace up exactly. high. And I think that's, oh, I, um, the other thing is fatty foods. We tend to, as we're having our um, lamb and our pork, um, ham, mm-hmm. that people will tend to just put the leftovers in the cat's bowl or the dog's bowl or the fatty areas that they do not want to eat. And we worry about, especially in dogs, uh, just getting a stomach upset from it. And, and sometimes it can be very serious and even life-threatening when, when some of our pets actually can get pancreatitis from it. Um, not only is it a, an issue of uh, a seriousness in terms of their um, their their health at that point, it, it also can be expensive. Mm-hmm. Many times they're hospitalized for days. They have to be on IV fluids. And there's medications that we can do to try to control their pain. That's another thing that's very painful. Mm-hmm. But the, the point is if we can avoid it, that would be the ideal. And the other thing is bones from some of these meats that we mm-hmm. feed. You know, people, you know, the well, they love the bones. Well, it's good for their teeth. It's actually not that great for their teeth. They mm-hmm. tend to break teeth on bones. But chunks of bone in your in your intestinal tract yeah maybe you know a lot of the time it'll they'll pass fine other times they cause vomiting and diarrhea other times they cause obstructions right (laughs) other times you have seen the the um steak bones that get wrapped around the bottom jaw of the dog and we're then we're we're putting another expense putting them under anesthesia to saw off the bone that is now wedged on the jaw i've done that more than once oh yeah yes (laughs) yeah exactly so they don't need bones. It's just right off the bat. They don't need bones. They don't need. What was the one thing I saw recently? Kneecaps. You can buy kneecaps for your dog to chew on. Ugh. Um, they don't need those. They don't no. need any of that stuff. No. no. We've got some wonderful, nice little treats that you can buy that mm-hmm. do great things for their teeth. It exactly. keeps them busy. Exactly. I won't. But there's safer ways to keep your pets busy. Right. And even with, I know the um, Passover is is over, but you know there's also what the the evening of the the seder. Mm-hmm. They usually have a shank bone. Right. So even sometimes then that's also an issue. It's just you know with these holidays we have to be careful with the bones. Um, also, too, with um, a lot of people don't know this, but you have to be careful with onions, garlic, chives, and leeks. Um, these can be both toxic to dogs and cats. That's onions, garlic, chives, and leeks. They can cause GI or what we call gastroenteritis and even a, t- a special type of anemia called hemolytic mm-hmm. anemia. So when you're putting that gravy in that has those leeks or has the garlic and mm-hmm. the onions, you're not doing your pets anything positive in any way. So... Please be careful. And then there's beverages. When you have guests over, people, and you're serving alcoholic beverages, possibly, mm-hmm. those are toxic to animals. It's not. It's, and you got to be very careful because when you have guests that don't have animals, they're going to leave their glasses lying around, and then the dog drinks the alcohol, and you've got an animal that is staggering, staggering around, gagging, disoriented, difficulty walking, and now that's a trip right. to the emergency hospital. So really, keep the alcohol out of their reach. And um, we were talking about Arlene was talking about her granddaughter brought a bouquet. Brought a bouquet over. And, and our hairs just stood up on end because. So Arlene, <laughs> Easter bouquets can ca- can carry, often have lilies in them. Yeah. Any part of a lily is toxic to cats. So whether they eat the little orange, oh my God, I can't think of the right plant term. This is terrible. Garden Talk was on. But the little orange thing with the pollen on it. Is that stigma? 
I don't know. And I don't want to say. I don't want to like say the wrong the... thing. It's like, oops. But it's like, okay. The leaves, the 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 petals, those mm-hmm. things are toxic. I I don't do lilies in my bouquets in my house. There's many other safer things, but that also includes things like lily of the valley and day lilies. These things can cause kidney failure in cats in a, just rapidly. They can really harm cats, and it can be hard to get them to nurse them through it. So let's keep those. Um, those beautiful, they're beautiful bouquets or those beautiful plants. Those should not be in your house with a cat around. Right, and I, you know, we have to. That is sort of one of the sacrifices because I do love flowers. As mm-hmm. soon as anyone brings flowers to the house, the cat, if she can get to the location, mm-hmm. and it's hard to make it high enough for for any. Oh, cat. exactly. And they're attracted to them. Yes. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, no, no flowers in my house. Yeah. Unless they're fake. Pretty much. <laughs> so those are our tips for keeping your pets safe this this Easter weekend. Um, so we've got more to talk about here on Pet Talk, but more though we enjoy speaking with you. So when we come back, give us a call and we'll answer all your questions. We'll be right back with Pet Talk. Someday out the blue in a crowded street or a well, welcome back. You're listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis, along with Dr. Eva Saranovich. We are from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital, and on Saturdays, we um, alternate with Lori Fass, and we're we love coming to the studio. Uh, to, we haven't seen Kevin in a while and want to thank him right off the bat for just doing a great job producing this show and making sure that everything works smoothly. Also, would like to thank uh, Justin Levine, who is um, actually in college now and sent the music that he wanted played. He oh, can- my. <laughs> That's dedication. <laughs> so It also uh, means we're getting older. Yes, it does. <laughs> So thank you to Justin Levine for making sure we have the right music to go with the theme, um, which is Easter and keeping your pets safe. So we feel free to um, give us a call at 860-522-9842 or 800-966-9842. We talk about anything having to do with your pets. Uh, But we've... um, one of the things that we have talked about in the past, and, and we've been on the air for well over a decade now, <laughs> we don't have anything else to do on our Saturdays other than work, <laughs> Come right here. but we love it. And the reason why we continue doing it year after year is that we do feel like we're um, taking care of a need. Sometimes, again, we get, we get nervous when we're in the doctor's office or the veterinarian's office, and we're so concerned about keeping our pets calm and safe. We feel, oh, we forgot to ask this, and mm-hmm. we forgot to ask that, and we don't want to be a bother. That's what we're here for. We're here to talk to you. And today we're going to talk to you till 20 after the hour because uh, we're going to take you right up to the Red Sox uh, playing the Rays. Right. Okay. Tampa, I think. I'm not even going to contribute to that conversation. (laughs) But one of the things that we have always recommended is that as much as you love your doctor, love your veterinarian, there was an interesting study done in human medicine that talked about, you know, when you have a difficult diagnosis, something that's not sort of a typical, and there's a lot of atypical, difficult things to diagnose, mm-hmm. that it's a good thing to get a second opinion. You can come back to your veterinarian, you come back to your doctor, but a second opinion is not bad in any way. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is 
asking your veterinarian who to go to say, I'd like a second opinion, who to go to, because we will then often send you to a specialist in that area. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, it's okay to ask. It really is. Right. And so that's part. And I think people are getting better than maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, 10, 12 years ago, because, again, we're not going to take it in in a bad way, you know, because sometimes it's always nice to have a second opinion. Um, When we do ultrasounds, we actually have a board certified internal medicine Mm -hmm. person that comes to our hospital and works with us with our ultrasounds. So. We get an automatic second opinion right. on things, but that's okay to do. Right. And we will see second opinions and then send them right back right. to their um, primary veterinarian. And people just feel better. So right. we that you know if they finally, I mean, this is something that we intuitively knew that it was better. Right, exactly. And to get a second opinion, but they actually did a study in mm-hmm. human medicine, and it, and it really is much much better that mm-hmm. way. So. Um, that's that. second opinions are okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we also had um, a family. You had something in the news that you were going to share too. I did right? have something in the news. I thought this was the coolest thing. So the um, in uh, in some shelters around the country, they are having programs where kids are invited to come in and read to the shelter dogs. Mm-hmm. So you have this benefit of children sitting outside the cage of the shelter dog. You know, they're not they're not trying to put them in a dangerous situation. So the kids are reading, mm-hmm. which as everyone has shown, especially even for some kids where reading comes difficult. Right. Uh, being able to read to an animal is huge. But then it also helps with the socialization of the shelter animal. Um, when I looked at this originally, I'd seen it in other areas of the country. I think in um, Missouri, they had it in some shelters there. But all I can say is, if it is if it is happening in Connecticut, let us know because I'd love to let people know that this is available. If it's not, just all you shelters out there, I think this is an incredibly cool idea. I think it's so beneficial for the animal and the child. It's just a nice thing to do, and it also gets a child started in volunteering and things you know things mm-hmm. like that. So let's let's start a read to a shelter dog program. <laughs> it's my thing. I think that's a, a good mission. Mm-hmm. I think we should put it out there. I find that I've seen some of the photographs that are associated with it, and it, it is very um, pleasing and mm-hmm. sort of re- relaxing. And, and you can see how one hand on the book, one hand on the dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they had some pictures of some of these shelter animals with the child sitting outside the, the cage. Yeah. And the dogs are up there at the front and they're listening mm-hmm. and it's and they're getting socialized. They're getting it's it's good for everybody. Also at the University of Connecticut and I'm sure other colleges around the comp- country People are getting ready for finals, mm-hmm. and with finals comes stress. We have um, two of our uh, weekend technicians that come in. Um, you know, they're getting ready for. You know, they're into their ma- major is pre veterinary, and they're smiling today because they came into work. But I-, I know there's a lot of pressure that they're under in terms of um, getting all those science classes done and finals. Usually, it's like the f- end of April, first week in May. But many have these comfort dogs, dogs where you can actually come to an area. So, you know, mention that to your your college, you know, children that, you know, if they're if you can tell they're just sound more tense, Mm -hmm. that there's got to be a program on campus where there's dogs that they can just sort of hang out with, whether it's at the library or room at the student union. But almost always. And they have been very, very beneficial because, again, many of us that have grown up with our pets. And then they leave because you have to go to college and you can't have your pet in right. your room. So right. another thing for that. So all right, we got one more. We thought I thought Pat was going to be on the phone, but I think we lost her. So we're gonna we've got a couple more minutes before our three o'clock news, and we're we're a little bit concerned about people 
just getting their dogs out there and exercising at a very intense level mm-hmm. and talking about some of the degenerative joint disease that you have to be aware of, especially if they start to limp now. Yeah, I think if um, just trying to reduce the, a dog's risk of degenerative joint disease or arthritis. And I think the, the um, especially animals, if you know you have an animal that has an issue like a has had knee issues in the past or you know has hip dysplasia but is not showing signs of arthritis um, or a dog just getting older, you know, what can you do? One of the biggest things that we talk to our clients all the time is weight. Mm -hmm. If a dog is kept at a good lean weight, it is huge in keeping that dog walking longer and having less arthritis as well as the fact that you can just help them up when they need it later. Two is regular exercise. So not weekend warrior stuff, but regular you know, not crazy exercise, keeping those muscles in a good place to protect those joints is really huge. And third is talking to your veterinarian about some of the supplements that are out there. And some of these things can really be beneficial. Glucosamine, chondroitin, hyaluronic acid, all those things. And, you know, there's diets out there that are beneficial to joint disease. So, you know, talk to your veterinarian early about what they recommend for that, because you can help prevent arthritis. You really can help do things for these animals. And you're right. The things about the supplements is that a lot of people say, well, I don't take drugs for myself, Mm -hmm. which that's their choice. Right. But because our animals can't really talk to us, you have to watch the way that they walk, the way that they carry themselves. Right. Uh, I saw a couple of patients today that I could just see a change in their gait from from six months ago when they came in for their, you know, twice a year visit. But when you do that, you know, the, when we talk about supplements, glucosamine is technically not a drug. Right. And if you get, you just want to make sure it's a good company a comp- that's really providing uh, a good product right. that you can do this and it can be very helpful without it being a scientifically a drug. Right. And we always get the person saying, well, I'm just masking the pain. When you look at something like glucosamine, it helps somewhat with inflammation. It helps lubricate the joint. It helps mm-hmm. them work better. And the reality is, is... Masking some pain is really a good thing if you have some issues with your joints. So it's, it's, it is all very beneficial. Right. And I think masking is not necessarily going to be that it's, it's still there. It's there. You just might, exactly. It's just not as big of an ouch. Right. Exactly. All right. Like we promised, we're coming back for a little bit more uh, pet talk right after the news. So come on back. You're listening to us on WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Drs. Andrea Dennis and Eva Saranovich take your pet health questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC. That's 1-800-966-WTIC. Or start WTIC from your cell phone if you're with AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. This edition of Pet Talk on WTIC is sponsored by Companions and Homemakers. That was Bob Joyce. It was. I didn't know he was around on Saturdays. <laughs> Listen, we're back. This is Dr. Andrea Dentz and Dr. Eva Saranovich. We are this is like our extra 15 minutes we get to talk and um, chat with you. And real quickly, if you want to call in, this would be the time to get in before the, the bell rings at mm-hmm. 522-9842 or 1-800-966-9842. And then stay tuned for Red Sox baseball. It's that time of year. It is. And we were talking about um, you know dogs that help people through stressful times. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one in particular that you just met. Yes, I just met a dog. Named, his name is Barney Turbidy. He's a beautiful golden retriever, and he just got an award as Pet of the Year from the Connecticut Veterinary Medical Association. He volunteers as a dog to go to 
you know, hospitals, all sorts of things. But one of the things he also does is he's a comfort dog up at UConn during finals. Oh, my goodness. He I was, didn't even know that. He was gorgeous. You know, I saw pictures of this dog and I, and I of Barney, and I knew it was mm-hmm. pet of the year, but I didn't he know works, his background. He works very hard. He does a lot of volunteer yeah. work. One of the things that I will never forget are the dogs that came in, um, gosh, was it from Wisconsin during the, um, you know, the the days afterwards, you know, after the shooting um, with the children. Yeah, um, at Sandy Hook. At Sandy Hook. And those golden retrievers were just such a help, such a big, big help. Absolutely. So what we, we had Pat on the line, but um, she had to step out. So we, 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 but she at least, uh, which I'm very happy for, she had a very specific question. Mm -hmm. And the question was about a cat. Is it possible a cat, I think it was her cat, having diabetes, diagnosed with diabetes, was treated, Mm -hmm. and then no longer diabetic. Is that something that can really happen? Um, and as a matter of fact, it is. It uh, is. Cats, we have found that cats are um, more like type type 2 diabetics. So mm-hmm. it's not that their, insul- their pancreas doesn't produce any insulin. It's that they don't produce enough and they can have some insulin resistance. Um, so what we have found is if you take a cat, and often those cats are tend to be overweight. Right. If you, they're very carbohydrate sensitive. Mm-hmm. So if we put them on special diets that raise up the protein level and drop the carbohydrates and there are um there's prescription diets like that the ideal situation is put to put them on one of the canned prescription yeah. diets like that cuz that is where you really get the true benefit right initially you have to have them on insulin most of these cats on insulin too because when you the sooner you can lower the blood sugar the better the happier the pancreas gets and the happier and the pancreas starts working faster so yes you can get them to be non diabetic come out of diabetes and be in remission and be a perfectly normal cat. Now, that being said, if you let your guard down once that happens and the carbohydrates start coming back into that cat's life mm-hmm. and they start gaining a little weight back, yes, they can become diabetic again. So you really, that's an animal that it becomes, it, it's like human diabetics. It becomes, this, the better you can regulate it, the better you can follow the dietary guidelines, the more important. And those cats really, I mean, it's amazing. They can become as just normal as normal can be. They can. And we don't tend to see that phenomenon in dogs that have no. diabetes. It's, um, you know, it's, I wish we could. Yeah, but no. And, but I don't think we should go out there hoping that that's going to happen. Yeah. But, but it's just something that we do see in the feline species. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Pat, hopefully this did happen to your to your kitty, if that's the case. But more specifically, um, good advice yep. saying, do I really need to buy this food from mm-hmm. the veterinarian or from the pres- getting a prescription for it? Right. And it really, really does help. Very does. And we've had some good and early treatment. Early treatment is huge. So just to, quickly to touch base before we talk to Shirley is things, what you'll see your cat do is drinking lots of water. Mm-hmm. Generally, you'll find the clumps of litter are bigger and heavier in the box. Right. Uh, you know, your cat's been a, possibly overweight for a little bit. But they start to lose weight. And, while the, and they're eating really well. Right. They're eating well, drinking a lot, and losing weight. So right. when you see those symptoms, make sure you go to see your veterinarian. Mm-hmm. All right, but I think Shirley has something to add to the conversation. How are you today, Shirley? I'm fine. How are you? We're doing great. Thank you. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Um, I have, she just turned 12 years old last month, a um, short-haired domestic cat. Mm-hmm. She's black with green eyes. Uh-huh. And um, she, I had a problem with her sh- pulling on the sheer curtains, mm-hmm. her claws. Um, the cat um, came from a situation in which I named her Senorita. So um, 
I would talk. I would talk to her a little bit in Spanish, like okay. you know, my name. But when I get angry, when I used to, when I was getting angry with her, I'd go "Mala muchacha," that okay. girl. And it wasn't doing any good. So one day, I got really frustrated. I picked her up mm-hmm. after I said "Mala muchacha." I put her on our bed. I closed the door, and I set the timer on the stove. Okay. I did this a couple times. She doesn't do it anymore. It's the old timeout. The (laughs) the attention was gone. (laughs) Because, you see, you've just proven the fact that even even bad attention is attention, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. So she's doing really well? Yeah. um, She has this. um, She drives me cuckoo in the fall. When the time changes. Yeah. It affects her appetite mm-hmm. because of the times that she eats. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the time changes back again, she starts eating like a pig again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that um, you know we, we see some of those changes, too, both times when the, 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 time, the time changes or we've got a, a change in, in our, our daylights, too. Mm-hmm. It affects them pretty. Right. They want to eat earlier in the day. But I do think I appreciate the um, sharing what what actually occurred because again you know cats can uh, accept discipline and you know like the timeout is a great way we don't want to hurt our our pets no. but that's that was really probably the best thing well thanks for sharing Shirley and when really? I opened the door I just talked to her like I usually talk to right. her right like it's over I'm not angry with you anymore right yeah and you know and now if she you know starts on the curtains you know, I'll just go mala muchacha, and she pulls her claws right down. Right, mm-hmm. and and that those hard consonants too help too that she knows and lowering your voice. All, yeah. they, they can listen. They pick that up. I think they're I think they're smarter than dogs. They are smart critters. There is mm-hmm. no doubt about it. We each have um you have you have two now. I have two now. Yeah, so we we each have a dog, and she Dr. Serenovich has two cats, and I have one dog and one cat. And they keep the the dogs on their heels, that's for sure. Oh, but, you know, she's an only child. And, <laughs> you know, she, um, and she was actually the first pet I ever had that I took care of completely. Mm-hmm. And I went to the vet, and I was talking to the vet, you know, about all these what seemed to me to be strange things. Mm-hmm. And he says, she's manipulating you. Right. They do that well. They do. And I told a friend and who'd had the dog to the vet, and I I told her it was the same vet, and told her her then husband was a psychiatrist. He says, we're short a few psychiatrists. Maybe we should hire a few vets. (laughs) (laughs) We do. I mean, we deal a lot with humans. It's not just the animals that we work with. Um, And I think that's why I've always, and I admire my peers because I think they are special people. We love what we do, the majority of us. And we we have to like people, too. So, well, thank you so much for calling, Shirley. Yes. Greatly. Thanks for sharing. Yes. And have a good Easter. You You too. too. Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, we I, many times we are. I mean, it's 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 tough. There's there's therapy involved sometimes. There is. So um, we've got. Uh, did we? Was there one other topic? I'm Here's, sorry. I had one cute little thing. Okay, you can do cute. Can We've I do got, cute? Yes. This is pleasant and cute and <laughs> okay. fuzzy. Um, apparently, there is a dentist. I saw an article about who had a adopted a stray dog, a little Maltese, a little fluffy dog. And um, it was very sick when she adopted it and any medication. So she started bringing it to her office with her. Mm-hmm. And what this evolved into now is this is her, this is, we're talking about therapy dogs. Right. So this little Maltese, they'll tell it to go, if somebody's having a tough time with their dental work um, and they're 
would love to have a dog in the room. They'll tell this dog that he's got to go help in the room, and he runs in there and sits on their lap and wow. and comforts them during the procedure. My only thing would be um, sometimes when I'm at the dentist, I, I grip the arms of the chair really, really hard. So I think I'd have to be careful. <laughs> Not to I, strangle the exactly. dog? Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I know what you're saying. Because you, you try to be I leave, so brave. I leave little indents in the you know the plastic. So, but that does make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And, and and dentists are doing that with earphones and oh, even like absolutely you can watch movies while you're having work done. Absolutely, and while you're drooling and all that other good stuff. That is a very very cute. I story. thought that was cute. Well, I we've got just a few minutes left, mm-hmm. so I I'm want to talk a little bit more seriously just about the the weather being nice and mm-hmm. I'm not looking forward to it being 82 degrees tomorrow. I need to build <laughs> up to it. That's hot for me. So and I don't have fur, okay? I don't have a big fur coat on. So couple of things is, you know, maybe start combing out your dog today. Mm-hmm. Take him outside or her outside and get some of that undercoat off. That mm-hmm. would really be very helpful because many people are not going to turn on the air conditioning. Right. Not like my home where, where it's, the air conditioning has already been turned oh, on. Oh, it's ice cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that would be great to do. Same thing with your cats. You know, don't wait for them just to sort of shed all this fur, but mm-hmm. take them, give them a nice little combing today. The other thing is if you're just, again, you have a little bit more time with the extended weekend and exercising and going to the parks and mm-hmm. saying, okay, we're going to get up Easter morning after church or uh, that we're going to go for a long hike. So, you know, the, some of these guys are not really ready. Don't right. take them on a five-mile hike if you've been cooped up all winter. Not when it's really hot at the, at the height of the day. But I mean, even, they're not used to 85 degrees right now. Or the, even the exercise. Right, you exactly. Know, just if we can build up, take them on a short walk, and again, bring water with you. Mm-hmm. That would be really very good. Make sure you stop to find some shade if there's some shade, even right. though the leaves aren't quite out yet. So, But really just be really very, I guess, thoughtful and aware of those critters that can tend to be get hot a little bit easy. And if you were silly and allowed your flea and tick prevention to lapse over the winter... You best be using it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Those ticks are going to be really happy. Right. So your flea and tick prevention and people that, you know, whatever you're using and you find that works for you, use then, it. then st- stay with it. You right. know, there are, every year there's new products. Um, we're not here necessarily to say one product is better than the other um, on the air. I mean, we don't know which ones we tend to like. Uh, and it really is based on pe- the dogs and mm-hmm. the cat's activity. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of good things. Nobody should have ticks. And um, we, we've just been doing a lot of tests looking for tick-borne diseases. There's a blood test that you can do. And it's amazing how many, they're not necessarily sick from it, but they have the antibodies to anaplasma. Lyme disease, mm-hmm. and it's which means that they're right. coming in contact with ticks. Right, exactly, and and heart, and of course your heartworm prevention because the mosquitoes are going to be out in a second. Yep, once a month heartworm prevention. Mm-hmm. Please do it. So we're going to wrap up here, so you can go to uh, what, listen to the Red Sox. I think it's the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that's who they're going to play. <laughs> we love baseball, and we're going to go to a game. We're going to go to a game in Hartford, aren't we? I think we should. I think we There's, should too. I just want to see the goat. I want. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Say goodbye, Dr. Eva. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. We'll be back in two weeks. Thank you.